The Tablet Show, episode 55, with guest Jeff Wilcox. Recorded live Tuesday, October 9th, 2012. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Jeff Wilcox about the role of the cloud in phone applications. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Hey, Detroit! Welcome to the Tablet Show! That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Now, how long has Arsenio Hall been off the air and still people go, who, 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 He started that, didn't he? Yeah, he did way back when, Yeah, such well, as it is. Welcome to the Arsenio Hall Show. <laughs> uh, I'm Arsenio, and this is my co-host, Eddie Murphy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we are in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Southfield, actually, right? Southfield? Southfield. Southfield, yeah. At the uh, Microsoft office. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Dave Giard, who helped make this show happen. Yeah. Dave Giard, winner of Speaker Idol, and also the photographer for the for the Carl and Richard shot that's on our website. Right, on the Dot and Rock site, that picture, that Dave took that one. Yeah, he's good at that stuff. He is. And we are here with none other than Jeff Wilcox. Hello, hello. You've been on the show before. We talked yeah, about... Yeah, I saw you guys somewhere in Denmark, I think. Yeah. Right. I, I, we crossed paths. Yeah. And uh, we talked about 4th of Mayor. A little bit, yeah. Built any apps? You also asked me about Silverlight, and that was at a bad timing thing corporate-wise. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so what can you say about Silverlight today? Silverlight's great. It is great. It powers it? Netflix. I use it all the time. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's still a lot of Silver... It's not like, you know, one day it mysteriously disappears or anything. No, it's it's still there. Yeah. And, yep. I mean, I think we talked about this a little earlier, you know, that I was on the Silverlight team, and... You know, nobody cares about reorganizations, but a bunch of people went to Windows Phone, a bunch went to Windows 8, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of the XAML stack you see, that's built by the same people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, really, it, it's definitely it's here the next, around. Yeah, well, Windows Windows 8 is the next evolution of XAML. Yeah, for sure. Really is. I call it Silverlight 6. Yeah. <laughs> well, But I can call it that. You can't. I can't. That's <laughs> <No>. true. <laughs> so, tell us about 4th and Mayor. Just in general, what kind of game is it? And this is your game. Well, it's a, it's an application, and it... Um, if you've seen Foursquare, it lets you check into places. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it is. It's a social game. Sort of a social game. Yeah, yeah, and you can compete with your friends. So you get these pointless check-ins every week. You know, you say, I checked in at the office. I'm the mayor of the office. I'm the mayor of my Starbucks. Right. And in I- return... I'm the mayor of a baggage carousel at this particular point <laughs> in my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's... Honestly, that's that's something to compete for. Oh, boy. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, yeah, there's this check-in aspect. But really, if you look at it, Foursquare is a lot like kind of like Yelp, I guess, mm-hmm. because they have these tips, they have photos, and if you're looking, you know, if you're in a new city, totally find a, a great restaurant to go to, whatever else. Yeah. 
and uh, they have this awesome SDK, and they're very open. Um, you know, I love right. talking to the guys. They they just let me connect to it, and so I offer a client for Foursquare. Oh, cool! And I don't charge for it. And there is already a Foursquare client from the Foursquare folks for phones. Yeah, there's well. an official Foursquare app for Windows Phone. And mm-hmm. They're they're actually a little bit different. You know, the design's different. I, I love mine. Um, it feels I, a lot like the phone. So Fourth and Mayor is a client for for Foursquare. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and I'm showing you my phone because you'll notice Fourth and Mayor makes my top screen. There, that's awesome. Right. right. So on the very the very right on you know when you first open up WinPhone Seven, the apps you care most about, you get eight. And yeah, fourth and mayor makes the bottom right hand corner. That's right a beside, nice phone you have. Right there. beside Tripit. Yes, a, a Nokia 800. That's I a great like phone. it a lot. And now, you know, this sort of collecting places as you go is a kind of an addictive personality uh, flaw, if you think oh, about it. Oh, for sure. It. It, it appeals to uh, unique people. Yeah. yeah. Unique people like my friend Richard Campbell. I learned to harness. Right, dude, I'm going to out you on this show. Yeah. I you- learned to harness my OCD for the forces of good. Yeah. Good for <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what. That's you know, the question. You know, always know where I am. Just check Foursquare. Yeah. So, but it's not Foursquare that no. your your game is. Well, that's I use Foursquare. Remember, right. it's, it's on my top screen. So Richard Richard has this other game that he plays called Own This World. Ever heard of Own This World? Good. Don't play it. Don't play my it. game. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> Mine. The, the, and, and here's the f- the fundamental problem. It's a game you don't want other people to know about because they will compete against you and take away your st- your status. So uh, what he does is he should I talk about this? Yeah, sure. We've done we've interviewed the guys from Own This World, right? Right. So um, what you do is as you drive along, or if you have Wi-Fi, fly along, which really racks up the squares. You get uh, you you get to check off square miles. I guess they're almost like square miles mm-hmm. that you travel through, and you own them. And until somebody else goes through that place that geographical location and picks it up and takes it away from you you own it so the person with the most squares is the highest in rank how many players are there in the world Fifteen thousand. and what is your status number three. Oh, <laughs> give me a week i'll be number two because we're on a road trip <laughs> right wait for the end of the road trip that's the end of that i will own this world <laughs> <laughs> just saying i'm carrying an extra wind phone right in the rv for that gap. So, yeah, constantly Richard is by, is multitasking as we're driving on the RV. One hand on the laptop, one hand owning this world. <laughs> it's pretty pretty epic. The the whole geography thing, like, and, it, and one of the reasons I started playing that game is I'm interested in good geography apps. And I think Foursquare is a really interesting part of this, is this idea of where you are. It, it just interests folks. I've always been fascinated by geocaching, too. That same sense yeah. of, that there's a sense of, I, this device knows where I am and can add to my experience of being there. Now, are you a geocacher? I have been a geocacher. I'm in rehabilitation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a vacation with friends recently, and um, they were geocaching. Right. And uh, we, we quickly found the closest bar. <laughs> <laughs> so we, let, I, we let them do that. Yeah, it's, it's its own thing. And in fact, you're supposed to keep geocaching a secret. We call folks who don't know what geocaching is muggles. Well, uh, and now we have to define it for those who don't know. So, so we... When the first really precise GPS units came out, geocaching became really hip, where you would give a set of coordinates and then you'd give clues to where an object was stashed. And there are tens of thousands of them. They're all over the world, including apparently there's a geocache right now on the International Space Station. So not a lot of people get to go to that. (laughs) Uh, 
But, I mean, in your neighborhood, I guarantee you, not far away, someone's taken a mason jar with a little piece of note paper and a pencil and maybe a couple of artifacts. And if you follow the clues, you will find the mason jar and you're supposed to take it out, log when you found it, uh, maybe add an artifact or take an artifact out, close it back up again, put it back so that other people can find it. And they're everywhere. Uh, and it's its own little obsessive it's a sort thing. of a hide and seek for grown-ups well and actually i i went out with my kids and my dog it was a way it was a much more interesting just walking the dog yeah the dog is really fascinated by the fact that we're hanging around the rotted log trying to figure out poking our hands and he's like what are we doing are we doing something fun i can pee on it for you you know <laughs> he's a dog and he's like we're not walking you just keep going in the same spot over and over and over again some of the caches are incredibly well stashed i yeah. found one where somebody had made a magnetic plate that affixed to a light standard painted the same color as the light standard. You And it's been there for years. You'd never know until you figured out the clue that you can go up to this plate that just looks like a cover plate on a light post, and when you pull on it, it pops off. And inside, there's a little piece of paper and the pencil and a couple of artifacts. You know, I just had an evil thought. Scotch caching. <laughs> I'm thinking we mostly find empty bottles, but uh, well, okay. But if you think about it, somebody who's going to geocache for a scotch... You know, maybe there's a little shot glass and a cloth that you can wipe it out or whatever, some Andy wipes. And, you know, you take a sip and you write your thoughts about the scotch. And then you put it back. And then you put so it I, back. I have a whole closet like that, but that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about GPS I'm apps. sorry, Jeff. GPS you, apps. Did you say something? <laughs> that, that app sounds amazing, but, you know, the, the yeah. neighborhood kids might get a hold of it. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, there's some other consequences Yeah, there's there. some other ones. It's like privacy yeah. stuff. So I, yeah. What, I mean, as much as I love Fourth and Mayor, I'm surprised you haven't written other apps. As you clearly have made so much money off this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's um, it's really exciting making zero dollars. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And in fact, you're paying out of pocket for running your cloud services. Yeah, yeah, yeah I am. It's, it's a little sad. Um, I think recently when they updated the App Hub, they actually, that's when they changed it to say my money. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, before it was something like total payout. It was very generic and yes. corporate. Yeah. Now it's very clear you're not making Very personal. Agents, my money, so. zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's a little sad, but you know. Um, Your bill is what about you 200 bucks a month? Or? Yeah, I have a couple different providers. So I, if I total up, it's probably 150 to 200 bucks a month. So what's your PayPal account email address? Well, so I do have a donate button, and so people can totally find that. And nice. I, I do get an occasional donation, which is great. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I never expect it, but it is what, nice. So what is your PayPal? Yeah, uh, uh, It's just my name. Jeff Wilcox. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Now you know. Now you have no excuse. The more you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think one thing about, you know, I think the app is just, you know, I don't have time for more. Yeah, I really don't. You know, mm -hmm. I, have, I have a day job at a rather large company, yeah. and I do a lot of crazy stuff there. Mm. And uh, I'm happy the company lets me build one on the side. Uh, but I think, you know, if I had time to build 50 apps, I think maybe we'd have to talk a little bit about, right. you know, what my day job entails. Yeah, what your priorities are. Yeah. And what and, is your day job these days? Uh, I'm back in Azure now. Hmm. Yeah. So to the cloud, we say. Yes. Yeah. Well, Nick, and this combination of phone and cloud. It definitely is. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the team I'm on is very much focused at um, definitely all developers. And Scott Guthrie kind of tells us what to do. And these days, it's priorities like Node.js mm -hmm. and PHP and yeah. make, make the .NET SDK rock. Mm -hmm. And one of the new things is mobile services. And so there's this whole framework where you can write a Windows 8 app and you can connect it to the, the Azure cloud. And you can store data. And uh, it's basically in like a preview stage right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's free. Nice. So it's this really cool way to just make your app work. And uh, right now there's an SDK for Windows 8, and they've talked about others. And so we're, we're definitely looking at you know ways to bring the cloud to developers. 
And so just a, a simple SDK to allow you to push data up to the cloud, pull it back down. Yeah. And in fact, if you have an Azure account, um, you just go to the portal and you hit, you know, new mobile services app and it'll actually send you um, like a C Sharp project or hmm. a JavaScript project. I'm not sure about VB. Yeah, that's um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you must be, yeah, you, know, you hear that a lot. No, so. actually, I'm, I'm fully capable in C Sharp these days. Well, I just, when I dream code, it's in VB usually. Well, okay. Um, that's, that's a unique skill. That's great. What? Um, you don't dream code? What? Uh, I did notice the C Sharp code earlier. I, I did want to code yeah. review that a little bit. Do you want um, code review it? Oh, sure. Um, there was some duplication in your code. Was there? Yeah. There was about like an entire page of if clauses, and they all called the same thing. Oh, okay. Uh, did did anyone else see that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. There's a bunch of hands there. All, all right. right. So, you know. That's fine. I didn't want to call you, know, you on I'm actually stage, not a developer anymore. I'm a talk show host. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> I'm not even an ex-developer. I'm an ex-VB developer. So... Yeah. So anyway, um, one thing that I noticed is the Azure management portal is now all HTML. Yeah. JavaScript, CSS. It works. It, it works, works great. great. Everywhere. Works on your iPad. It does. And I example. call it very metro looking, but you don't call it that anymore. Um, we call it rectangles, I think. <laughs> um, I, it's hard to know. Um, it's that, an that abstraction was, of windows, isn't it? It rectangles. is. Um, but, you know, rectangles, being on the Silverlight team and knowing the graphics developers, um, the, the worst thing you can do in the graphics pipeline is round your corners. Yeah. Really? And Silverlight made it so easy. There's this little property and there's a border yeah, object and right. it slows everything down. Well, and also, isn't there a legal problem? Won't you get sued by Apple if you have rounded corners? Yeah, don't they own rounded corners now? Yeah, edit so point, I, I, I feel point. like this is oh, maybe sorry. something to move on to the next question. <laughs> yeah, let's move on now, shall we? Uh, and you're doing a Windows 8 version of this? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly, I just never thought about checking in on Foursquare with anything other than my phone. Well, I'm looking at it a couple different ways. Mm -hmm. I think you imagine, like, you know, show me an Explorer view. Right. And, you know, I'm here in Southfield, at, you know, my GPS. I don't have GPS in my notebook, but nope. it'll use, like, I think the Wi-Fi or something. You know, figure out I'm in Southfield, and I want to see a map of what's close by. Right, and the larger so, screen would really help with that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so I, I'm not sure if it'll be super popular. Um, if you're at work, you know, you can hit the check-in button every day when you come into work, and, you know, you check in just that one place. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, we'll see. But yeah, the ability to carry a tablet around, I mean, they are mobile devices, not quite as mobile as a phone, but they do get around. Sure, definitely. And and it's Foursquare, to me, seems to be evolving, too. They're thinking much more socially and discoverability-wise, and, and there's this new features. Yeah, it's, it's like a city guide. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. And that's, I think, a relatively new development. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is that you can not only see reviews of, of places that you are or going to or thinking of going to that are nearby, but you can see reviews by your friends. You know, by by the people that are in your your whitelist, definitely. So yeah, those are the more fun ones because you know Yelp, which you brought up, they sort of have a problem with credibility, don't they? I've heard that. Yeah. Mm, well, it's all that's the challenge of any of these things. Right? So I've you know, should I even tell talk tell this story? I don't. Do know. you know the story I'm going to tell? I don't about, know the story about the uh, pub, the guys at the pub in New London. No, you didn't hear this. Oh my god! I'd like to hear it. All right, so it is just a story, but it's a true story. They, this uh, this pub <laughs> basically was approached by Yelp to subscribe to their, you know, whatever their service is. And because they didn't want to pay so many dollars a month, which was a lot of money, actually, it was like 700 bucks a month or something like that, for their services, they started removing good reviews of their business and leaving the bad reviews. And this is going on a lot. 
with Yelp, apparently. So, and it is just a story. I haven't checked my facts on this, but I've talked to a lot of other people who've said they've experienced the same thing. Sounds like a racket. Yeah, it's a total yeah. racket. Stuff. I love online. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was, you know, some sort of central place where people could uh, give ratings to companies like Yelp. <laughs> you know, but I, you know, we get back to uh, as, as disreputable as behavior like that might be considered. I'm concerned that Jeff's making it's costing Jeff money to run the finest Foursquare app on WinFone yeah, Seven, right? And as much as donations, nice. Like, isn't there some other way to monetize? No, it's called advertising. Yeah. So the ad widget. Yeah, I think so. But developers don't like ads. Yeah. You don't like ads. I don't like ads. Um, yeah. I mean, the question have you, is: Have you ever clicked an ad? Not even once. But you've looked at them, though. I've tried not to, but they're on yeah, my I screen. Yeah, I mean, they're they're there. Yeah. I think the problem is I launched the app when the official app stopped working. Um, it was like a long weekend. I'd been spending months on the app, and mm-hmm. I was totally going to charge for it. Yeah. And then the official app stopped working. Nobody seemed to care, mm-hmm. and so I just hit the publish button. And uh, I made it free because I'm a nice guy. And uh, now I don't want to add ads because that's that's just annoying. Yeah. So we'll see what I do with Windows 8, though. Maybe I can make it happen finally. Hmm. Well, generally speaking, when we talk about these utility apps, it's kind of tough to charge for them in general. I mean, as long as there's the official Foursquare app, and that'll certainly be free to try and charge for one. Sure. Although, I did pay for Rowie, which is the Twitter client. Right. The Rowie app's great. Yeah, yeah. And it's another one of those one. You know, the, the Twitter client that Twitter makes... It's fairly mediocre. It doesn't really get into the concept of the styling of Phone 7, which is the same way that I thought the Foursquare app never really did a good job of it, where you did. And I think Rowie did the same thing. And I think it was 99 cents or $1.99. But yep. you know, anything that's less than the price of a latte, I have a tough time arguing with. Mm. You know, Because mm. often I won't finish the latte in the first place and toss it on. It's like, that could have been an app. Well, so I, I totally hear what you're saying. <laughs> it could have been an app. Yeah. But also... I, I know I've seen like support requests from people. I um, I actually know I, I won't say the name of the app, but mm-hmm. um, maybe an app you've already mentioned. And <laughs> these guys, uh, you know, they they sometimes talk about you know users get upset. They see a bug and they paid ninety nine cents for the app. And oh my gosh, the world is ending yeah. because the app stopped working. Right. You know, you got to get their address and send them a dollar bill. It's like here's your money back. Yeah, so people have really high expectations for a buck, you know, and honestly, it's, you know, Starbucks does give you a new drink, I guess, if it wasn't to your liking. Yes. But, well, you know, I th- but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not that much money. No. This portion of the Tablet Show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems, all of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting the tablet show. Somebody asked me once in the 90s whether I thought ads, you know, t- more targeted ads were a good thing or not. And I actually said yes. Like, I can, I appreciate an ad 
from something that knows what I'm looking for. And, uh, and, and I don't know if that's a little bit different for what you can uh, do in Windows Phone. Like, can you, can you tailor an app, an ad from, to, to the user based on what they're interested in? Sure. So I, I don't really know the Microsoft SDK for it, yeah. but I could totally see like having an ad network where I could opt in. I know that you're looking at bars. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe I can say, I know you're in, you know, anonymize a little bit. You're in right. Detroit area. You're looking for bars. Right. Maybe that could work out. Yeah. Um, I don't know the privacy implications, but. Right. But that's actually getting into something useful. Oh, definitely. Right. Like the, yeah. that the, when you're in, in the active process of seeking for something like that, the fact that someone could, hey, you know, first drinks on us. Yeah. Right. Now, if it's an ad for car insurance, that's annoying because yeah. I'm yeah. not thinking about that right there, now. There is no point where I'm on Foursquare <laughs> that I'm thinking, boy, car insurance. Yeah. yeah, well, I think also, though, I've I've actually had this before. I was shopping for a car, yeah. and so I did some searching, and magically, every website I went to for the next three weeks like, yeah. was showing me the car, right? and eventually I bought the car, but I'm still getting the ads. Right. Yeah. Like, you almost think the advertiser should have a button that says, yes, I actually bought it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, too, stop, stop the bothering. The too late button. Right. right. Yeah. right. <laughs> Ten years later, you'll still be getting <laughs> yeah. ads for those cars. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure they love data, but you've got to wonder. You know, right. There's so much more that could be done you know, at the SDK level. Right. Yeah, more intelligence around that. And in the end, yeah, helping us actually acquire the things we want is a useful service. Yeah. Tying up screen well, real estate with stuff we don't care about. Not so I actually much. got in trouble at work for this recently. Uh-oh. Um, I'll tell you a quick story on this. Um, this is the Microsoft Jeff now. Ah, um, okay. And uh, it, it's about Facebook advertising. Mm-hmm. I learned a valuable lesson with uh, the HR department. Hmm. So um, <laughs> if, if you've ever... If you've ever been, you know, in a hiring position, you know, you want great developers to work for you. Sure. And, you know, you can blog job postings and whatever else. But, you know, one night I had the idea that I'm going to run Facebook ads targeting Microsoft employees that want to change teams. Oh, Oh, nice. That's interesting. And I got a lot of interest um, from a lot of different people. You know, lots of Microsoft employees. And and I I learned a little lesson there, which is that uh, people do see your targeted ads. Hmm. And uh, so make sure maybe that you comply with the policies when you're doing that. Oh, I see. Um, Because some of the people that saw those ads... No, they they probably didn't want people to leave their team from my exciting team. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, other team leads got a little annoyed. Yeah, a little bit. Hmm. So... Um, so work great lesson well. though, yeah. But you were actually able to go into Facebook and say, "I'm looking for people who work for Microsoft." Like, you oh were yeah, able to target. Yeah, it was the first time I ever ran like an ad campaign. I kind of did it on the side. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like the corporate cred- credit card or anything, and I learned a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, <laughs> both good and bad. Yes, it's amazing. I've always been very sensitive to ads. Um, I'm a huge, as probably you know, I'm a huge public radio fan, and you know, I like the way they do the ads there, although they can get a little too many. You know, they, they can put too many in a row. But I like it the, that you're just listening to a news story or something, and then they'll just say, you know, we, we brought to you by blah, 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 a little tagline, maybe a URL, and then they move on. You know, and it's usually usually stuff that's intelligent. Like, you, you wouldn't hear somebody, you know, Ringling Brothers, circus coming to town, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, something random that you don't care about. So, you know, we, we, we do obviously exist... Because of our advertisers, this show, we wouldn't be here talking to you tonight if it weren't for them. So it is an important thing. But being sensitive to your audience is probably finding ways to do that in apps, I think, is probably the most important thing that you can do if you're going to get money from them. There's a lot of analysis these days is saying that mobile, not not apps is the growth area, but is also more effective, more important. I just don't think we're doing a good job of it yet. Yeah, I've heard that. It's already there. 
So it's up to you, people. Come up with a better solution for serving serving ads and apps. More targeted. More less less dumb. So Jeff, can we talk about phone aid at all? Maybe. Maybe. I, I'm presuming <laughs> there'll be a fourth and mayor for phone aid. Definitely. It's, you, it works today. You, it's just going to auto port, right? Yeah. 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 Compatibility is really important to the team. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've heard, I've actually had bugs opened against me as a developer. Um, like I got an email from the marketplace team saying, we found a bug in your app that breaks an 8.0. Please fix it. Nice. And it wasn't wow. sent to me as a Microsoft employee. No. It was sent to me as a Windows phone developer. Wow. Right. And so I, I don't know who they reached out to to do that, but um, it, it was a really embarrassing bug. Um, and it really was a bug. It was a real bug. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it, which excites me because the whole idea that they're going to recompile all these Phone 7 apps into mm-hmm. something that runs on Phone 8, to me, sounds mystically impossible. Well, there's no recompiling. Right. So, the beauty of .NET and IL, it just runs. Okay. At the end of the day. But now, it doesn't just said, run because they're finding bugs. Well, th- there's going to be bugs. There's some changes at a lower level. But, but I, I appreciate that they're actually testing it and then yeah. getting back and seeing if they can get things fixed. And in the end, it makes better software. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll tell you the bug. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard about when Windows Vista did not change the version number? Yes. So I think it was 6.1. Yep. And they didn't want to go to 7. It broke too many apps. Yes. My app had a check for 7 and .1. Oh. Oops. Oh. And so yeah. 8.0, I said, oh, I don't know these features, and it crashed. Uh, it's kind of a as a developer really embarrassing. Yeah, so no, we, you we, should be really proud that I'm sharing this. With you. Yeah, yeah. I get sick Chris be, Jackson on you. You know, yeah. we did a whole show with him about Acapat where he said, "Don't ever do that." Can we can yeah. we fix that bug with a greater than or equal to rather than a equal to? That's that's exactly what I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, take that for a code review, Jeff Wilcox. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, um, I heard this came up in the Windows Phone ship room one day as a joke against me. Really? So, oh, okay. uh, my former teammates, I love them. Yes. Yeah. But they don't want you to Jeff Wilcox your apps anymore? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> did you just make up a verb for that? <laughs> oh, oh I think I'm just, you know, I'm channeling what went on in that room that day. Yeah. Anybody have a question for Jeff? Yes. We want to get you on the microphone or yell it out and we'll repeat. Hang on one second. Let's see if this is long enough. Should be. You had mentioned that um, your back end was, was running Node.js. Why? I'm kind of wondering what, you know, if you're, you're logging into Foursquare and using their services, what exactly do you need to do to, you know, on the support side for another back end? Sure. Great question. Yeah. Well, so I will say that when I started this project, I was not in the cloud. And so I always heard about Node.js. And I have JavaScript friends that are crazy, and they told me it was awesome. And so that set the ground for me knowing that if I was going to do cloud, I would try Node.js first. And basically, um, Foursquare does great things. So when I'm checking into a place or showing you nearby locations, I directly hit their API from my app because I don't need to waste the bandwidth there. Um, that said, there's a ton of like value add mostly for the Microsoft platform. So live tiles, toast notifications, these things Foursquare doesn't do on their side. And so I need to run a server that um, generates like a leaderboard tile that I then send to your phone. That's a big one. That's a lot of bandwidth for me. Um, but that's one of the things that I generate images with. Right. So and the then, tile on 4th and Mayor, every so often will show where number of points I've got on Foursquare and the guy above me and the guy yeah, below yeah. me. Yeah, so it'll flip up. And so I'm right. generating that in the cloud instead of on the client uh, because I can do it in real time that way. And so there is a concept in Windows Phone of background tasks, but they, they're not really guaranteed to run at any specific time. They might run once every 25 minutes, once every 35 
And for me, I didn't want to have that delay. I just want to do it in real time when I can. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is um, check-in notifications for friends that are close by. And so if you check in at, you know, the library and your friend is a couple blocks away at work, um, if he opts into it, I'll actually send him a toast saying, hey, you know, this check-in happened. Here's where Jeff is. Cool. And so it's, it's a nice feature. It's a great value add. And it's actually one of the core features of Foursquare for the iPhone and for Android. But the Windows Phone 1 doesn't have that. And so I went ahead and implemented that on the server side. And it's, it's super expensive, lots of bandwidth. Um, if you can imagine, I'm literally hitting Foursquare a lot to get this information. Yeah, I'm just thinking about what do you right. got to do to do that? So you're literally saying for a given 4th and Mayor client, like for me, yep. you're pulling all of my friends? I am somewhat doing that, yes. Because yeah. they're not so, necessarily on 4th and Mayor. Correct. Yeah. So if your friends use 4th and Mayor, I actually do get a toast, like a, a push on the server side right. from Foursquare. Okay. okay. But I want to tell you about your iPhone friends, too. Right, because they're friends, too. They are. They're your friends. They may yeah. have bad taste in phones, but they're friends, too. Oh, yep. come on. Yep, it happens. <laughs> okay, so what I do here is I'm actually polling, like, every minute or two. I'm polling the server and saying, you know, you know where's Richard's latest friends or you know, whatever. Right. And I'll do that calculation and kind of do a diff. So I send a timestamp. It's a really small JSON payload. Mm -hmm. And then I can do the math. Uh, I use MongoDB on the backside then um, to do you know, really quick updates for your profile. And so nice. I'll see when there's a change and I can toast that update. Um, that said, you know, if, if someone in this room installs the app right now and never uses it again, you know, that's one person. I don't want to waste all this processing time. Right. On. And so I keep track of how often you use the app. And so I kind of have this... Uh, and not, no, not how often I check in, but how often I check in through 4th uh, of May. I'm actually checking how often you run my app. Okay. And so whenever you start up a Windows Phone app, you connect to the push service. You send a channel URI. Right. And so I use that to know when you last actually ran the app. Nice. And so if you haven't run it in a week, I'm going to stop working so hard for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to fall back to maybe once a day doing the processing. And if you don't use it for a month, I'm going to fall back quite a bit, and I'm going to wait for you to run the app again. Right. And so that saves me a lot of money because my push, my the users that use my app all the time, every day long, I'm more than happy to do this work for them. Sure. Mm. And it's a lot of work, you know, on the service side, lots of bandwidth, but um, it's worth it. People enjoy it. Yeah. And if they don't use the app, that's fine. I'll do a little bit less processing. So this is where, I mean, remember your stats uh, screen there, and you said 40,000 really active users. Right. So those are the this ones I'm where doing. where that number's coming. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So hopefully that answers your question. Well, and you know, the short answer to that is sometimes you want to add services that the, the, the other backend doesn't provide. So there's just a nice way to attack onto that. Yeah. I will add that, you know, one of the weird benefits is since writing all that code, I got, uh, I moved to the Azure team. And so funny enough, my day job is node.js now. That's and funny. And so, yeah. um, uh, my vice president has occasionally suggested I should move some things over. Um, From some other cloud provider. Yes. Yeah. So, so you know, I'll, I'll eventually. It's funny he suggested move that, that to us a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, he did. Too. Yeah, I think right. we know the same people. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Node.js. Um, the if I could th think of two words to describe it, it would be stinky fast. Stinky fast. Stinky fast. What's the stinky part? <laughs> Just fast. Man. Fast. Just it's very fast. fast. So fast it leaves a bad smell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, it is really fast. Yeah. It's, it's insanely fast. Um, the server load work, like workload numbers are amazing. You can just do lots and lots of requests. Yeah. And, uh, funny enough, one of the developers that works for me, he's super smart. Um, this guy Tomek, he does the Microsoft kind of implementation on IES for Node. Mm. Mm -hmm. And just like seeing the numbers being run and comparisons, yeah. it's, it's really fast. Or does the magnitude faster than other things? Well, it can be. Can I think be. there's ways to optimize all these things right? Uh, sure. at, at the end of the day. And but I'm sure there's ways to shoot yourself in the foot with Node.js if you try hard. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. My, all of my cloud code, um, this fallback code I was talking about, all this is actually on GitHub. It's open source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't suggest using it, <laughs> yeah. but it works. It works in production. And it's been running for about a year cool. straight. So but it's something to look at anyway, just to see yeah. you know, real code that's been implemented is up and running. Yeah, real code. Code reviewed. It's it's pretty horrible. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, JavaScript kind of grows over time, and in Node, there's these callback patterns, and things get a little yucky. Yeah, there is something about JavaScript that reminds me of fungus. <laughs> like I said, stinky fast. <laughs> any other questions for Jeff? Did you have any help designing the UI, like graphic artist, or did you use images or feed stuff from the whatever Foursquare site? So, in terms of images, Foursquare actually gives me all the category icons. And so, when I'm looking at restaurants and you see a restaurant icon, that's an asset that they've licensed to me as a developer for free. And so, I will show them that icon. Um, so that part's easy. I have their beautiful designers working for me. Um, for the actual UI, though, laying out graphics and icons, I actually used the Windows phone, and I just stared at it a lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and so, like, looking at the People Hub, looking at what the Mail app looks like, looking at the spacing and the margins, um, I just kind of, I guess I grok that now. And so I've, I've had some blog posts where I kind of have, I think I call it Jeff's Metro Developer Guide, back when you could say that. Right. And... Um, I talk there about like 12 pixels is the magic number. And so you always want to pad your elements in Windows Phone by 12 pixels or 24 pixels, some multiplier. And then it just looks better. Yeah, it'll, I, get, it'll get aligned. I mean, I'm looking at your app right now and just thinking it's a lot about the font sizes and the spacing. And I'm using all the standard font styles. Mm-hmm. Same as Windows 8. If you use the built-in ones, it just works. Don't make up numbers. That's kind of the message there. Yeah, if you have to create your own thing, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And I've been told the magic number for Windows 8 is 15. So... It changed from 12 for Windows Phone to hmm, 15. 15. I think it's something about the way that pixel smoothing works. Hmm. It'll actually make sure that you have actual pixels being used when it gets scaled to different resolutions. Okay. Yeah. That seems very arbitrary, but I'll live with it. That's the designer people. Yeah. yeah. Design.windows.com. Yeah, they wear yeah, turtlenecks mostly. Turtlenecks, yes. yes. Yeah. They design Metro stuff on Macs usually, right? Maybe. Maybe. Actually, what I've seen at Microsoft is it's, what is it, Adobe After Effects? Yeah, yeah. I think that, I don't know, I think it's something that developers definitely don't need, and I think designers should not be allowed to have. (laughs) (laughs) Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. I know what you're saying. The the whole idea behind the design guide of uh, Windows Store apps is simple and less distracting like take away the distractions don't don't even have serifs on the font it's just very plain easy to read easy to understand yeah have you seen the new microsoft logo yes yes i have same idea very spare yeah spare one of the things i find challenging about phone apps in general and 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 i think this is true in eight as well is often and i think you do a pretty good job of this i don't have to wait for a given page to finish rendering so, in any given screen in 4th and Mayor, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be loaded. And often, that's not the page I want to be on. It's a default page. It's something that comes up, and i got to flip to something else. And it seems to react well to the fact that I can just go, go over here. Yep. How much work was that? That was a lot. Yeah. it's Because it, it's a subtlety, but I realize a good phone app doesn't gives me priority. Yep. Right? Maybe you could talk to the Outlook team. Uh, <laughs> did I say that out loud? 70 uh, threads? What are you doing? I don't care about 70 just threads. Just give me one. I want one. Yeah, just give me one. One for me. But well, that, I, I really appreciate the fact that if I'm on it, if, when, as I'm flipping from page to page, you don't finish the render before I can flip to the next page. I can flip. 
Right. Well, I did a lot of work to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably had friends when I started the app that I no longer have because I haven't seen them. Right. Um, wow. There's this period of time where I was building custom controls. And so I have a control that it's like a loading control and it will just show you what's on the screen. Mm-hmm. And you'll see this actually on other platforms like iOS apps too, where you kind of scroll the page and you'll see like placeholder images, but not the images yeah. right. until it stops scrolling. And that's a performance fix. It, it really yeah. speeds up the, the rendering thread. It does a lot of crazy technical stuff. Mm. Uh, the problem here is that I built these custom controls for the phone. Yeah. And so now going to Windows 8 is a big challenge because I thought I was so smart having these performant, awesome controls. Mm. Well, there's no like equivalent in Windows 8. So I either need to rebuild them or you know just move on to something different. So I'm is getting bit for that. Is that something you want to share with people when, they're, when it's done? Because I think that that's a fundamental, great feature. Yeah, I, I've yeah. thought of it. And yeah. so if you go to my GitHub account, I have the open source to a bunch of these controls. Mm-hmm. And there's a big caveat disclaimer that says, you know, these were not built for general use. And I've had people try to use them, and they'll send me emails. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I was just trying to get my, my pages to load and to render. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't, you know, it's not pretty. It's not abstracted. It's not a product team's work. Yeah. And so I hope over time the teams do add more controls. Yeah. But, you know, mine are out there. People can download them. But, at the you know, they're just very specific and specialized. It also speaks to the idea that there's a lot of ecosystem left to go here. That clearly there's an opportunity for the folks out there that make controls to, to help us with these kinds of problems. Sure thing. I think Telerik's done very well with that. Mm, they, on, uh, the phone, they have, on the Windows 8 side. Yeah, and yeah. on the phone too, they've, right. they have this really powerful set of controls. And I know yeah. developers are using it pretty pretty successfully. Yeah, I know lots so of them that are. I hope more, more you know, control vendors will do that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's not a not, it's not just making a cool looking widget. It's don't impede the primary thread. Like mm. I think those are harder concepts to, to yeah. get right. Yeah. Especially yeah. the, the way that we kind of took the user interface thread and separated that from the background threads mm-hmm. and rendering threads. And yeah. there's been a lot of crazy stuff to keep touch responsive. Yeah. And as a developer, it looks great when it works, but otherwise, you know, debugging it's very tough. Well, yeah. the, the Windows runtime team had a mandate that if you're, if an API was going to take more than 50 milliseconds, it had to be asynchronous. Well, and that's why now in Windows 8, there's really simple operations like, does this folder or file exist? That's yeah. an async call. Yeah. Wow. Which is amazing to consider that, that change that. compared to, you know, previous storage IO. Yeah. But that's exactly the kind of bonks you really run into in the real world. That's right. right. So you go to check to see if does this <laughs> folder exist and it happens to be a disconnected drive <laughs> or something that's failing and the whole app slams to a stop. Whole, and that's yeah, why we have a progress bar. Like yeah. Windows Explorer, yeah. right? Yeah. Just, uh, I love the fact when you're dragging a file from one directory and you accidentally drag it over that disconnected, yeah, drive, and yeah. the whole thing just everything bonks. stops. Those yeah. are built-in coffee breaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah, my machine went away. That's an indication that you need to get up and stretch. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think in the interest of uh, time, it's getting a little late here mm-hmm. in Detroit. We're going to wrap it up, but I'd like to give uh, have you all give Jeff Wilcox a great big round of applause. <laughs> Jennifer. Also, Jennifer Marsman, thank you for helping put this together, Jen. And David Giard, of course. And all the crew here at Microsoft. We'll see you next time on the Talent Show. Yeah.